Season 7, Episode 4 of Impact is on. It's been a while, so if you've got what our voices sound like, uh, I'm Julian Mitchell, alongside Trent Bally, Trent Bally and Natalie Kerwin. Man, words are hard. Trent, Natalie, how are you? Welcome back. New year, new Impact is on. Yeah, it's good to see you guys. Gotta say, it's been a while, but we're back on it. We're back on top of it. We got a good show today. Stay we tuned. Do. Yeah, it's been, what, like over a month? Yeah, close. Like that. Man. I mean. How was the holidays? It was great. It was good. good. Good time to relax, seeing friends, family. It was it was perfect, but it, it always feels like it's too short. Yeah, yeah, no, it flies right by. You went to back to St. Louis, Julian? I did. I went back to St. Louis, had a good time, hung out with the family. It, it, I mean, it's really the best of times. Just hang out with the family, yeah. chill out. Christmas Day, there's NBA basketball to watch. Good all-around time with the family. Yep. The older you get, the more you appreciate it. You really do. You really do. Because, I mean, there's not a lot of time, so it's good right. to spend that time well with family and friends. So, yeah, good to be back. Glad everybody made it back to East Lansing safe. Glad we're all here. Record another episode of Impact Izone. Uh, basketball did not stop while we were on break, though. Spartans played a couple games uh, throughout the Christmas break. Went on a little six-game win streak there, including wins over Rutgers, Northwestern, a trip to Detroit to take down Oakland, and Illinois at home to ring in the new year Whole lot of games, whole lot of stuff went down. Obviously, everyone's on break. We had ourselves a time with whatever we did back in our hometowns. Um, so going to get quick thoughts on those games. Not going to delve too much into them as that is a lot of game to cover. A lot of basketball. And we don't have that much time. Uh, so I want to give uh, you guys, I want to ask you guys for your thoughts about those games and kind of what stood out to you over that period for Michigan State. Well, I think what we actually saw from the team was just they found their true identity, I think, more of what they're going to look like for the rest of the season. Tom Izzo always has to, has this kind of growth period at the beginning of the season, guys getting together, gelling, meshing it a little bit, even though they've been working together since the summer. But um, it was just good to see you know, certain players, Marcus Bingham, Thomas Kithier, even uh, Rocket Watts, I know we missed a couple games, but he's coming on strong lately. It's just nice to see these guys kind of gel together, and uh, that's the type of team that you're going to need if Michigan State wants to make the run that they obviously want to make. Yeah, it was a nice six-game win streak or whatever it was, especially with the non-conference games thrown in there, Eastern Michigan, Western Michigan. I mean, those are always good confidence boosters, so I think it was just good for the guys to get all of those wins and be prepared for when Big Ten play really ramped up. Um, was that against Illinois, I guess, is then when it officially started? Um and in that game, too, like you said, like Bingham, we could see he had 12 rebounds, which was his career high, I believe, um, against Kofi Coburn, Illinois' leading scorer. So that was like a really good way for us to see kind of his potential and um, just for more players to get playing time, especially in those games against Eastern and Western where there were scores like 101 to 48, 95 to 62. That's when you can see Izzo throw in those bench guys and really see them. I guess, give them the confidence that they might not get in other games against harder teams. It was a good place to be for Michigan State. I mean, a lot of non-conference games they throw in over this court, over this break, get some rest for some key players. Then also have some guys, have some key moments. I mean, like you both touched on, Marcus Bingham has a key moment uh, against Illinois just a couple days, I think, before break really ended uh, for students here where we returned. Um, but Foster Lawyer had a great game himself against Western Michigan, 16 points, 4 of 4 from beyond the arc, 5 of 7 from the field. I mean, it, it's games like these that really get players like Lawyer and even Bingham, but, but other players just time and 
and minutes to kind of feel themselves. Henry had himself a couple of good games, 15 points against Western as well. So just the time to get them acclimated back into the offense before Big Ten play kicks up and Big Ten play has started. We are entering the main portion of the season, really, the college basketball season. This is about the time college football ended just yesterday with LSU uh, winning the title that people start to key in on college basketball. Go Tigers! (laughs) Coach O likes That was to say. a great Coach O in first I love Coach O. Huge Coach O guy. He's so good. He's so good. He's That team is great. Yeah. You know, real quick, it's just easy to root for a guy like that, you know, because he was an underdog, interim head coach, and then it's like, you know, now he's he's coaching the SEC with Alabama. You know, it's tough to make a name for yourself, and he's done that, to he's say the it. least. So, you know, Dabo Sweeney, great guy too, but, you know, he's got two. It was good for Coach O to get his one. You're right. I like that team. Joe Burrow was just great. Yep. Can you give us another Go Tigers? Go Tigers! <laughs> Boom. Love it. Love it. I love how he says that <laughs> after Coach every here? interview. Is he here is, in the it, studio yeah, right I, now? I, I think if, he is. If he was, we would be blowing up off the charts. <laughs> Day after winning the national title. You bring that trophy in here? I love Ed, it. Please. He wants to come all the way to EL. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm all for it. Come see it. He'd probably love it here. <laughs> he would. Probably want to go straight to Spartan Stadium. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, but a great time. College football is over, so college basketball is naturally in full swing for the, the more casual viewers of college basketball. Uh, season's on the way, and Michigan State really really came into that with a home matchup against in-state rival Michigan, where the Spartans absolutely dismantled the Wolverines. 87-69, to the score in that one. And uh, this game, if there's... I don't think there's any other thing to say about this game than it was truly the... If not the crowning, maybe the the resurrection, the the bring back of King Cash's thirty two points, nineteen assists, uh, career high thirty two points for him in this game over Michigan. Absolutely dominated in every facet of the game. Yeah, I mean, talk about a confidence booster. I mean, we just talked about the six game win streak, but how about this game? You know, against your in state rival, uh, Cassius and uh, Xavier Tillman combined for fifty two points, and uh, you know, Gabe. Gabe Brown, Aaron Henry stepping up when they're needed, half a dozen points each. Rocket was good off the bench. It was just, it, it might not be a sustainable formula to have those two guys carry you as much as they did. Um, but in a rivalry game, it's perfect because you want to give the fans what they want to see, and you want to give the crowd what they want to see, and you want to win. So, you know, that's a game where you will put it put the ball in Cassius's hands more than uh more than you usually might. And for Xavier Tillman to step up and have a great game against the likes of John Teske and uh, the other his name escapes me. Number 51. Austin Davis? Yes, Austin Davis, who, by go. the way, looks like a dad. Big man. But, he yeah, came, he came man. in, though, off the bench and was like, yo, let me get you three straight buckets real fast. Yeah, yeah, he looks like a dad. <laughs> Xavier Tillman is a dad, though, so that's all good. But um, one more takeaway that I just had from this game in particular was this really showed um, what I think a lot of us thought might be true at the beginning of the season where Coach Tom Izzo is just going to coach circles around Jawan Howard for at least these first couple matchups. You know, he's – you know, welcome to the Big Ten. You know, this is this is what it is. You know, even Tom Izzo going on the road against Matt Painter and Purdue. We'll get to that game very shortly. But um, you see even an unranked Purdue team come in there and just dismantle Michigan State because of Coach Matt Painter and the adjustments he's able to make. So I think it's going to be tough for Jawan Howard to adjust to that coaching speed early on. I know he's going to be great at recruiting and uh, it might take a couple years for Michigan fans to really see the product that they thought they were going to get right off the bat. But at this point, as it stands right now, and uh, a couple weeks ago was the epitome of this, uh, Tom Izzo and Jawan Howard not in the same level right now. 
No, and this was Michigan State's fourth consecutive win over Michigan. So this was just a great game for them all around. Like you said, King Cassius, we could kind of see him come back. 32 points. I mean, that was insane to see from him. Uh, Michigan State shot 52.8% from the field, um, and they held the Wolverines to 36.2%. So you can see the difference right there. Michigan was definitely lacking without Isaiah Livers, like we were saying earlier. Um, But Brandon Johns tried to step up, but... Obviously, it wasn't enough for Michigan, and uh, Michigan State led by double digits nearly the entire second half. So I think the Spartans just kind of held that dominance right from the beginning and carried it all the way through, and Michigan just couldn't hold up with without livers. I think that was a big part of it. It was huge. No livers. He was uh, their top three-point shooter at 50, 50% per game uh, going into that one. That was his stat. I think he led the, he led the team with... I just want to say 29 three-pointers made so far on the season. But it was clear he was a big missing piece, his ability to space the floor and to give them shooting from the outside. Like you said, Natalie, they, they shot poorly from the outside, uh, went 21% from beyond the arc, and that was a big factor as to why they weren't able to, to stay in this game. I mean, Michigan State, for all intents and purposes, led this game and pretty much dominated this game, but there were moments when it was within reach. and Michigan just couldn't hit the shot, just couldn't keep things going, and couldn't slow down Winston and Tillman, and particularly the pick and roll was, was absolutely dominant between Winston and Tillman. I think this was kind of what Spartan fans and Spartan faithful were looking to get out of this team to start the season. Um, the, the ability to dominate with the pick and roll for Winston and Tillman to both be fantastic. And it took a while for for both of them to get going and for Tillman in particular to get going. I want to know what you saw from him in this game and and how you think this is going to go down the line for him. For Xavier Tillman? Yeah, for Xavier Tillman. I think, you know, definitely seeing him get 20 points, 11 rebounds, and six blocks. I mean, I think we've just seen Tillman improve in every game like we've needed him to because Cassius can't carry a whole team. And that's another thing we'll get into later when we talk about Purdue is Mm -hmm. that we only have, we see these two guys, Tillman and Cassius Winston, and we can't just have a one-two tandem, especially when we're playing teams like Purdue. Like I'll get into that later where Aaron Henry's kind of been this missing guy on the roster this year. Yep. But I think Tillman, um, I think he's just he's been doing all the right things. I think he's really been proving how aggressive he is and his role on this team. He needs to step up and be there with Cassius if no one else is going to. What do you think, Trent? Yeah, um, well, I mean, we knew going into the season that Xavier Tillman was going to have to be um, the the second guy, especially with Joshua Langford going out, and real quick to touch on the Isaiah Livers thing again for Michigan, it's the, you know they might be facing a similar um, difficulty, a similar um, obstacle that Michigan State had faced more so in the early season and still continues to face now every now and again. With you don't have um, a bona fide bucket getter out there for you. You know he's a leader. He's a he's an upperclassman. He, he's a bucket getter, Isaiah Livers, Joshua Langford, both of them. So um, especially when you lose Joshua Langford and it's confirmed that he will not be coming back, uh, Xavier Tillman, I think, kind of heard the noise a little bit and he started to find his groove a little bit more. And, um, you know, with the exception of the Purdue game, granted nobody played very well in that one, eight, eight points, eight rebounds for X. But, you know, exceptional against Michigan, exceptional against Minnesota. Those are two very formidable Big Ten opponents, and we're going to see if he can continue that play coming up against – uh, Indiana, um, you know, Michigan again, uh, Ohio State, Maryland. You know, there's plenty of formidable opponents left. So it'll be interesting to see if he can keep that play up. I think he will. Yeah, and want to touch on second, just just Michigan, where they sit right now in the Big Ten. We're not going to go too deep into the Big Ten today. Uh, we'll probably go to that for the next week's podcast. Just had a lot of games to go over. But Michigan now, at this point, two and three in conference play so far for them. And obviously we talked about the, the – 
absence of livers and what that means. But it's looking like the Wolverines are having some trouble. There's some trouble in Ann Arbor. When your takes on, on this Michigan team at this point in the season, is, even if you, you just give a quick thought on the Big Ten and kind of where teams are sitting at right now with Michigan State leading it at 5-1 and one in conference play. Yeah, well, the team to me that has really stuck out, and Julian, I got to tip my hat to you here, is Illinois. You know, they Illinois has really risen to the occasion here. They beat Michigan. Uh, they played Michigan State tough, but it's just yeah, right now it's a matter. It's it's Michigan State. Had Michigan State beaten Purdue, it would have looked like a one dog race for the Big Ten um, outright title. But now it's looking like Illinois. You know, at four and two, they're just one game back. So uh, you know, Maryland, Indiana. Uh, Rutgers, Wisconsin, even they're all one and a half back. It's getting tight now. You know, all it takes is that one loss. Yep. Um, I will say that I don't think Michigan, it's going to be tough to see. It'll be interesting to see if Michigan's able to bounce back and be somewhat what they were at the beginning of the season when they do get Isaiah Livers back. But I think Xavier Simpson especially needs, needs a couple more shooters out there, needs guys to knock down open shots. That's how Michigan is going to win their games because you see against – uh, Michigan State, uh, Natalie, you touched on it. Bad percentages from the floor, and it's just you know you're not going to win that way because you got a floor general in Xavier Simpson who's not always the best at getting his own shot, but he's great at getting other guys involved. So you know that being said, just with Michigan, I think Michigan is sort of starting to to fall down a little bit in the tiers of the Big Ten. But as as you see here, the standings are pretty pretty uh, jumbled up. They could jump right back up. It just depends. You know, this next month is going to be huge for the entire Big Ten as a conference. The Big Ten is such a tough conference. I mean, we've already seen games this season like Minnesota beating Ohio State when they were number three. I mean, Purdue beating Michigan State by a large margin on Sunday. I mean, you're going to see these kind of games throughout the season. And like you mentioned, Trent, the comparison of us not having Josh Langford and Michigan not having Isaiah Livers, I mean, it makes a huge difference. And that could be a problem for us, too, not having Aaron Henry as well. I mean, who knows what's going to happen if it's just Cassius and X trying to lead this team. I mean, you need that third guy to come in. You can't just rely on two guys to carry an entire team. I mean, they can do it some games, but not every game, especially against big opponents. So I guess I am I feel the same way about you. Like, if I don't know how Michigan's going to be without Livers at this point. I mean, it's like it's next man up, and I don't know who that's going to be, but I don't think it's enough with just um, Simpson and Teske. Uh, Michigan certain certainly facing some issues of their own. Michigan State keeping things rolling though. Got the win over Michigan at home once again. Key thing, like you both said, a third piece needs to come up for Michigan State. You look at that Michigan game in particular. The next leading scorer following Winston and Tillman was eight points from Rocket Watts, who hasn't been the stellar shooter, but eight points the next leading score after those two. Moving on to the next one, Spartans had no trouble continuing their dominance, continuing their run over Minnesota, winning that game 74-58, part of a two two-game home stretch for the Spartans. And, and once again, the story is Winston Tillman being absolutely spectacular. Uh, both dominated in this one, and it was clear that as of right now, these two are on a hot streak and they're rolling. Yeah, you know, you you nailed it. Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman again combined for 46 points against Minnesota after the 52 combined against Michigan. Um, the story to me in this game, and I covered the game, was just, you know, Xavier Tillman's career high in rebounding. You know, he really took it on as a, as a personal uh, vendetta in this game to go after the glass. He had seven offensive rebounds. That's stellar. You know, Gabe Brown, Malik Hall as well had three offensive rebounds. That kind of effort is just really going to help Michigan State. And we talk about a Big Ten conference that, you know, even Ohio State is second to last in this conference at one and four, and they're still ranked in the AP top 25. That's how solid this conference is right now. You have to be physical, you have to be aggressive. And I think, you know, Tillman really set the tone there for the rest of the team. And 
Natalie, before getting new, I, I want to ask you because I think an- another big thing to hit on, Tillman has obviously been rebounding the, the heck out of the basketball. Yes. And one of the bigger questions, one of the bigger things I think coming into the season is a season ago was Kenny Goins yes. at the four spot. Who was leading in rebounding? Not Tillman, not even Nick Ward. And Kenny Goins did it from the four slot. Now Tillman has taken on that load, so the four spot has kind of become – Kind of an added piece to supplement him and supplement the rest of the players out there on the floor. A bigger conversation this season has been who will be at that fourth slot. Marcus Bingham Jr. has been slotting in, got a lot of the starts primarily through this run, had six rebounds in this game, uh, only three or only two points in this one. I want to ask you, a solid game for him. He's also played solid against game, against Illinois as well. Is he your guy at that fourth spot? And does he need to be a rebounder like Kenny Goins was? Or is Tillman going to be that guy and all you need is Bingham to be solid and stout, and stout on defense as he has been so far this season? Well, Bingham definitely needs to step up. And we've seen him in games like Illinois of his career high 12 rebounds. I mean, he did great in that game. Um, you know, like I was saying about Aaron Henry, every guy kind of needs to find their spot and step up. And I think he's got the height for it. And I think he could be good at the four. I just think we see these flashes where he does nothing and then flashes where he has does very well, like against Illinois. So I think it's hard to say. I guess I I don't know. I don't know if I see it in him yet, if he has all that aggressiveness that um, Tillman's had this year. I don't know. It's It's hard to say with him. He's a young sophomore, so it's – I don't know. I don't know. What are you thinking, Trent? Yeah, definitely some question marks still. But I think the 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 question, the big question, Julian, I like kind of like you said, coming into the year was going to be who's going to play the four, who's going to fill those minutes, who's going to you know really take an offensive load and and just kind of do the dirty work almost. And now I think the questions almost flip because I think Xavier Tillman is almost better when he's doing the dirty work and getting Mm -hmm. rebounds because that's if you think about it, you go back to last season when Nick Ward went down and Xavier Tillman had to step into the starting lineup and eventually won sixth man of the year, but he started those final few games of the regular season, that's when he really picked up steam and became the, you know, he started to average double-doubles and do big things, you know, that helped the Spartans really make that run in the tournament. So I think, uh, I, I would say Tillman's almost better when he plays with that chip on his shoulder. I think you look at the four spot now to kind of answer your question, um, who's going to carry more of a scoring load and do more of that? That way, Xavier Tillman doesn't have to worry as much, <clears throat> excuse me, on the offensive end. And I do think that Marcus Bingham at this point has shown a, a pretty good amount of growth, pretty good amount of improvement. And it, the, you know, it can only go up. The only way up is up from here. I agree. And I think a, a big part of it for me when I look at it now is, like you said, Tillman is dominating the dirty work. He's doing all the dirty, dirty things that uh, Kenny Goins was doing a season ago. But the thing now is, it's kind of they're allowing him to not do that work defensively right. and allowing a Marcus Bingham to use his length and defend some of these bigger guys that they're going to see in the Big Ten. I mean, they've already run through Kofi Cockburn with uh, with Illinois, and they'll have a couple guys to go through. I mean, Wisconsin's coming to town um, this week on Friday, Nate Reavers and, and those guys down there, Michael Potter as well, are going to be guys that, that Bingham is going to have to play on, and it's kind of saving Tillman for the offensive end, for him to be more of a factor down there. And I think Bingham kind of coming long defensively uh, in these last couple of games or so uh, prior to break or over break has allowed Tillman to kind of to sprout and be the guy he is kind of becoming right now. And, and last point on Tillman, because uh, we're going to talk about him a little bit in the Purdue game, but one of the things kind of the, the through line throughout the Michigan game and the Minnesota game, and, and Izzo said it after Michigan, was that the rate that Tillman is growing, he he sees a very similar growth mindset and player to a Draymond Green. And I wanted to ask you both kind of what things do you take from both of those players that you think Izzo is seeing from them 
And I mean, we're still only in, in January of this season. And what do you kind of see see Tillman going at this point in the season and, and comparing him to uh, Draymond Green? Well, Tillman, for one, they wear the same number, so let's get that yeah. out of the way. Tillman's going to be the last number 23 to ever wear you know, that in the Breslin Center for the men's basketball team, so that's awesome. But uh, they, they do. They have the same I, – I, I almost want to say they have the same work ethic. They, they, they don't play exactly the same. You know, Draymond Green shot a little more threes. He was a little more versatile on the offensive end. But just in terms of – I mean, they are both six foot eight. You know, you, you, you'd think – I guess the public perception would be that Tillman's this big, you know – Big, you know, bang bodies down low. He's only six eight. He's not necessarily a seven one like Teske or a seven three like um, Harms on uh, Purdue. But um, Draymond, Draymond had a little bit more girth. They they play very different. But in terms of just work ethic and wanting it and wanting to do the dirty work and actually enjoying it and and always having a smile on their face when they're talking to the media and and just being a leader on the team. Uh, and not worrying too much about what's being said outside noise. You know, Tillman obviously and the whole team deleting Twitter for the season, that kind of thing. It's just that that, that principle, I think, really coincides well with Tom Izzo's coaching style because Tom Izzo hates social media and hates the outside noise and just wants you to do your job. And, and one thing that Tillman always talks about is sticking to your staples, which is getting out running, sealing, getting offensive rebounds, that kind of thing. Those things make a difference. When you play a team like Michigan, granted this last game was a blowout, but you might go to double overtime, as Purdue and Michigan did, and you might have to just make one more play in the other team. And that's something that Xavier Tillman can really contribute to, and that's something that Draymond Green was almost a specialist of during his time here at Michigan State. Yeah, I think you said it all. I think, yeah, they're the same height, same number. And I think, like you said, their mentality and their leadership, too. I think that's both very similar in their actions and their words. Um, I think, yeah, Tillman's been doing a fantastic job this year, and he's really stepped up. And I think Draymond was that kind of guy, too, when he played here and still is for the Warriors. It's also uh, partially an ability to guard one through five. I think both him and Tillman have that ability defensively to do that, and I think that's what, uh, with no war, Tillman brings to the table. Tillman brings a guy who especially, I mean, you, you see against Michigan and in the way that Xavier Simpson has consistently struggled against this team is an ability to get out on guards and deny them on ball screens. And I think that's a huge factor looking at Xavier Tillman and what this team can be and can do anyway. Michigan State continuing the win streak over Minnesota um, and now getting to the, the most recent game, obviously the, the biggest game we're going to talk about on this show today, um, the absolute embarrassment that was for Michigan State at Mackey Arena, which seems to be one of the toughest toughest places to play in the country uh, as the Spartans fell to Purdue 71-42, I believe the lowest points uh, for Michigan State scored in a game since a, I think a 2009 matchup, I think, with Illinois. I'll have to check the date on that one, but um, a very low-scoring effort, a very poor game for Michigan State, and for me, I look at this one, and I it's, it's kind of two sides of a coin for me. I see a lot of what Purdue did and was able to counter for Michigan State, and yet you really think about the fact that they came out with a sound game plan uh, to play the Spartans and to slow down Winston and to make other people beat them, and it, it didn't work. Michigan State didn't get any shots to fall, but I also do see a Purdue team that has not been great this season. I mean, they scored 37 points in one whole game this year, and they probably played their best game they could have played behind their home crowd. And so for me, it's a tough one to go out and say uh, Michigan State got you know slapped down by a team that's pretty good, but they went in there and they got, they got beat on a home floor, which I think it's going to be tough to pull out wins on the road in this Big Ten Conference. 
Yeah, the, to me, there were three big problems in this game. Number one was just the carelessness. 18 turnovers to six Purdue turnovers. You know, 18 Michigan State turnovers. That's not going to win. I don't care where you're playing. I don't care if you're playing at the Breslin Center against, you know, Charleston Southern earlier in the season. You turn the ball over 18 times, it's going to be very tough to win. Um, Nine of those was by Cassius Winston. Yes, yes. Cassius, obviously. The, unheard you know, of. Purdue, so they matched this career high for him. Yes. And and Purdue definitely had a game plan going in. You could tell. It was very physical. They were not letting Cassius Winston get into the paint. And I'm sitting there watching the game with my roommate. We're obviously both, you know, we're frustrated and we're just kind of watching it, trying to figure it out. And, and I'm just kind of saying to myself, they're not, they, Purdue is literally not letting him even penetrate at all. That If you really think about it, that is what Michigan State's offense is. Is Cassius Winston penetrate, he'll drive and kick, you know, he'll get guys open looks because he takes that much attention. But Purdue does have athletic wings and athletic big men who can go to, not to mention, you know, Harms, who's quick on his feet for seven foot three. He's a skyscraper out there. It's really hard for Cassius to get anything going. But other than that, um, finding the deep ball, Michigan State obviously twelve percent from three, not great. Uh, pair that with you know the eighteen turnovers, that's pretty much the story right there. Done deal. But also you know the 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 whole team effort wasn't really there. You know nobody really stepped up. You can't rely solely on Cassius Winston. How many times have we harped on that all season and in this podcast already? You know I'm I'm watching him play sometimes, and I feel like I'm watching Allen Iverson in two thousand one or yeah. <laughs> LeBron James in two thousand fifteen. It's it's just tough when you you don't. There's no support, you know. So when when they do have a rough game, nine turnovers, ten points, um, you know, you're not, you're not going to win. You're going to lose by thirty. That's what's going to happen because you, if no one else is going to step up. So and especially in a Big Ten game on the road, you have to have another guy. And, and you know, Michigan State obviously now hasn't won at Purdue since 2014 when uh, Adrian Payne and Gary Harris. We're on the roster and combined for 48 points that game. Which is crazy. That, that, that is just crazy to think. I was in eighth grade the last time the, the, the Michigan State Spartans won at Purdue. So it's a couple things. You know, I think it was the psyche, Matt Painter, just, you know, confident uh, in Purdue this year also. We haven't talked about this, but the discrepancy between home and away has been ridiculous for Purdue. Like borderline Unheard of, legendary. Uh, the numbers. It's unreal. Are, I mean, they're seven and one at home so far yes. on this season. Three and two uh, away for them, and Mackey Arena has just been a tough exactly. place to get a win. And I, I would just, I would love to see the splits. I don't have them in front of me, but you know, point differentials and things like that for for home and away. It's just crazy. So there were all sorts of things working in the favor. But look, at the end of the day, I just don't. I'm not, I'm not going to be that classic Michigan State media person who just says, settle down, it's January, but that's kind of where I'm at. You know, coming off the eight-game win streak, I, I don't think there's much reason for concern here. Cassius Winston will not have a game that bad again uh, this season, and, you know, Purdue obviously great at home, just wasn't Michigan State's day. Didn't hit any threes, turned the ball over. That's pretty much my thoughts. Right. It was a great eight-game win streak, but... It had to end at some point. They weren't going to go undefeated in Big Ten play. Like we've been harping on, Macarena is very hard to play at, but so is the Breslin Center. So if they played here, it could have been a very different story, and it probably would have been. Um, Purdue, they had great defense, hot shooting. Their guards did a good job at stopping Michigan State and staying on Cassius, of course, like we've been saying, um, playing him full court, trying to tire him down. So that's exactly what happened. And when you don't have a guy, like I've been saying this whole time, like Aaron Henry to step up too because Tillman didn't even have that great of a game, eight points, eight rebounds, four for ten from the field. Like that's not like Tillman. Cassius, ten points, five assists, nine turnovers. That's not like him either. And he's 0 for 5 on three-point shooting. I mean, that's so not like him. So 
I just, I don't know. We never got into a rhythm. We were out-rebounded, made just two of 16 three-points and turned the ball over 18 times, which I still think is crazy. Everybody does. So I just, I wouldn't worry either at this point. It's one game. Again, it's a hard arena. Freshmen aren't used to it. I know Tom Izzo was harping on that. Um, Purdue was just able to step up and they knew exactly how we how Michigan State played they knew that they had to like double team Cassius and stop him and that's exactly what happened Um, and just with the Aaron Henry thing I know we can get into this more but where we're at on him I mean he needs to be this third guy that steps up or we're going to keep struggling we can't just go into Big Ten play with uh, Cassius and Xavier Tillman like just yeah you're right, and before getting into, before getting into Aaron Henry, I want to give this this stat because I had I had to look it up. Um, so Purdue is five and one in, in its last six home games against opponents ranked in the top ten, winning those five by an average of fourteen point six points. Uh, they haven't lost by double figures in Mackey since two thousand and fourteen, going back ninety six games. Uh, they're averaging eighteen more points this season, uh, eighteen more points a game at home, and giving up eleven points fewer. They're shooting forty-seven point two percent at home and thirty-five point four percent on the road. The gap in three-pointers is thirty-eight point seven at home, twenty-six point six away from Mac Arena. So it is, I, I, it's a death trap to go into Mac Arena, to go to West Lafayette, and think you're going to pull out a win. And I think that is that is part of it for Michigan State. And, and uh, I want to hit on a question, but we're going to stay with Aaron Henry for a second. And I look at him, and Allie, you, you've, I think you've been hitting on it. Um, there's just, to me, no way I, I can – and obviously it's early, it's January, but you can, you, Michigan State came in being, this, being the number one team, being the team that was going to make it to a Final Four, be repeat Final Four um, attendees, Final Four trips, whatever you want to say. Uh, but right, if they don't get Aaron Henry to at least be a complimentary piece to the two they have – I don't know what this team looks like because I, I think you see it in this Purdue game when the going gets tough, and I think the going is only going to get tougher as the season wears on. Absolutely, There needs to be at least someone else to go to, and obviously Henry and even Gabe Brown to an extent are role players. They are guys who right. they're going to play great games uh, when they're at the Breslin Center. They're going to have moments where they hit a couple of threes, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be glorious. But I think you look to them to at least give you more when the other guys are struggling, and I think especially Henry has to be has to realize that. And the thing I'm struggling with, I don't know necessarily what that looks like for Aaron Henry, and so kind of what I'm what I'm posing to you two is, what does a good Aaron Henry game or an Aaron Henry season for the rest of this look like for Michigan State? What does he have to be? Is it a guy who is averaging 12 points a night? Is it a guy who is giving you maybe 10 and and maybe gives you six or something every single game, pops in a three or makes a couple of good plays? What does it all around look like for Aaron Henry for us to get off of Aaron Henry's back? So I'm not, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm just going to go off, say Cassius Winston and Xavier Xavier Tillman have their, have, have an average night. So say Xavier Tillman has 15 points, 12 rebounds, Cassius Winston has 20 points and eight assists. If, if you're, if this team is going to be very good and, and I would even say either Gabe Brown or Aaron Henry, one of the two has to score 10 to 15, because I think that that. And again, they can take turns. They can play hopscotch with it, whatever. One of them has to score in double figures, either from 10 to 15. Anything else is extra in my mind because if Cassius gives you 20 and Xavier gives you 15, and then, you know, obviously maybe Foster Lawyer hits a three, maybe Kyle Arns when he gets healthy, it's a couple threes. You'll put together wins. So for me, it's in, in it. 
And the question with Aaron Henry for me is not his potential because I think he's shown it. It's the fact that all three of us and and all the Spartan faithful and the Spartan media sit there and watch him take literally take the game over for a for a quick little spurt, a two minute period of time where he'll just you know be. I remember at the end of the Duke game, um, yeah. made a couple moves and everyone was like, "What are you? Where where's this been all night?" You know, and it's just for me, it's interesting because he's shown that he can do that. It's just a matter of I'm not sure what. I'm not sure what's holding them back. And if the, to answer your question, if the Spartans do want to be a very good team and go back to the Final Four, uh, they're going to need 10 to 15 every single night from Gabe Brown or Aaron Henry, but most likely Aaron Henry. I could not agree more. I mean, there are games when Michigan State needs Henry to be the guy if Cassius and Xavier Tillman are having just an average night. I have one stat here. Uh, Aaron Henry is currently shooting 28.8% from the field in Big Ten play. I mean, that's... I guess that's not not great, not, great yeah. not acceptable. There, there's just we haven't seen that much aggressiveness from him. You said just like you said, we've seen like these little spurts. But I don't know. Does he need to have a moment again where Tom Izzo screams at him on the bench and everyone scrutinizes him <laughs> like last season? Maybe so because Aaron Henry was having that issue where he wasn't stepping up, and then as soon as Coach Izzo yelled at him, it's like he turned things around and was great from there on out. So maybe we need that kind of moment again. And I know Coach Izzo's brought that up before too. Like, hey, maybe I need to get on his case again because he does better when you're getting on him, putting some pressure on him. But like you said, I don't know, you couldn't have said it any more perfectly. I mean, he has to be Michigan State's third guy or Gabe Brown. But I just, yeah, he needs to be shooting like, 10 to 15 points, I think, a game. I mean, I think he really needs to step up and get that fire under his belt because we just haven't seen that from him, and it's hard to say why, but I don't know. It's maybe a mysterious he just, thing. Maybe he really gets in his head. Maybe his mental game, I've talked about that a lot on this podcast, but maybe that's just not there. His confidence, I don't know what – I mean, we, we're not in his head. We don't know what's going on, but there's something that's not clicking, and – Maybe he'll start to be on a roll one of these games and then just be with it. But right now, we're not seeing that from him. And I, I want to make sure because it's obviously it, it, it's Henry who who does need to be better. Obviously, he's the guy who he has pretty much all the potential to be the better player and be a guy who can who can be the third option for this team. But I do also want to want to make sure that we we show light on the fact that it's it's not just Henry. Gabe Brown also has to be better. Definitely. And I think yes. one of the bigger issues that I, that I've come to keep seeing and watching with this team, and I thought. Maybe it would normalize, and you know, it's the quote-unquote water always finds its level, as I think Ryan Collins likes to yes. say, or Ryan Rabinowitz <laughs> likes to say about Ryan Collins. Um, uh, but the three-point shooting has just not been good for this team, and I do, I want to say the three-point three-point has been at a premium um, in in the Big Ten Conference. No one is shooting the ball well from beyond the arc um, in the Big Ten Conference, but the Spartans have just struggled thirty-three percent so far on the season from beyond the arc. And when I look at the team, it's there's not a lot of shooters surrounding Winston. And obviously it's not something that's going to be the detriment cuz it's not like this team was a shooting heavy team from beyond the arc, but it was something Kenny Goins was able to bring. It was something you look at a Matt McQuaid, he was able to bring a Kyle Arns and kind of what you you were hoping Langford was going to be able to bring in uh, Aaron Henry is not known for a three, being a three-point shooter. Gabe Brown's a three-point shooter, but he struggled this season. Hasn't shot the ball well from beyond the arc. And I question how big of an issue where do the Spartans go if they're not able to connect from distance 
I think you look at a couple guys. You look at um, Marcus Bingham to you know maybe just continue to be strong down low, and you look at Xavier Tillman to be low because th- those are your staples, really. Like if you uh, that's old school basketball. If your shots aren't falling, you dump it inside. So you got to look at those guys. Um, and, and in most situations, you will be able to give the ball to Cassius Winston, let him create something. But in a situation like the Purdue game where that's not happening, what you rely on then, I think. Is is some just it, it could be one person you know that would be a perfect example for you know a perfect opportunity for Aaron Henry to come out and have 15 points and then maybe the Spartans make it a three point game with five minutes left or something like that and and it's a valiant comeback effort but you could also look at guys like Rocket Watts you know I know he's been kind of nursing an injury but he we haven't talked about him a whole lot but he's been very solid since he's gone to the bench and I feel like he's taken a lot of pressure off of himself. But um, Malik Hall even can get down low. All it is for me is it's just if 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 the shots aren't dropping, like you said, the three point shots aren't dropping, that is an issue. So what you need to do then is you need to not panic. You got to just rely on what you can do. Pick and rolls with Winston Tillman. Pick and rolls with Bingham Winston. Whatever it takes. But you got to make sure that you get point blank shots, and then you can get the crowd back into it maybe, or get your confidence back up as a team and and play at your own pace. And that's when the shots will hopefully start to fall. I mean. As, to answer your question, as far as what they need to do if Aaron Henry isn't going to step up, then I guess someone else does need to. I mean, like I've said, Cassius and X can't can't carry a whole team the entire season. And you mentioned Rocket Watts. I think he had a decent performance against Purdue. I think he's improving. Like we've said, he's a freshman. He's still getting through the little kinks and whatnot. But I think he's continuing to develop into a secondary ball handling role, hopefully to help Cassius, because um, Cassius obviously struggled with Purdue's physical or physicality, I guess, and needed someone to help. And, you know, Rocket Watts can be someone to fill that role. But we hope it can be someone like Aaron Henry. We hope Gabe Brown can step up to it. So it, it, I'd say it could be one of those three or even Marcus Bingham. But someone has to step into that role. And I think we're going to see that emerge in the next few weeks, hopefully, like who that third guy will be. We don't know. Hopefully it's Aaron Henry. I think that's what a lot of people, he has that potential. We've seen it from him. But who knows? It could be Rocket Watts, someone else. But someone has to step up. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, before we head on to our last part of the, of this segment, going on Purdue, one thing I I want to pose because it's a question I, I I had watching this game and a Trent you hit on. Obviously, this is a a different circumstance. Purdue, I think it was a, a week or something to prepare um, for the Spartans to come to Mackey Arena. Um, and I mean, a lot of teams, especially in the Big Ten, are not going to have that time to prep and be ready for this. Um, but the thing I saw is I think as of right now, with no Aaron Henry being your third guy, it looks like there's a game plan to playing Michigan State. And I don't know, maybe that's something I am just maybe looking too much into and thinking about too hard, but it seems like there is something you can say towards you shut off Winston, you build a wall around him that not only eliminates him, but Tillman's not a guy who's really scoring on his own necessarily. It kind of eliminates both of them. Um, and then you kind of force everyone else surrounding him to beat you. And, and I don't know for me. And that's me, how you wind up scoring 42 points. And that's how you wind up with 42 points. So I, I want to ask for you, looking and for both of you, looking at this game, do you think this has, has laid a blueprint for slowing down Michigan State? Or is this just, again, a part of what's going to happen this season, trying to win games on the road in the Big Ten? I wouldn't go as far as to say a blueprint, but it definitely does obviously give teams something to look at. Something It's not going to work every time. I, I can say that for a fact because I know Cassius Winston's not going to turn the ball over nine times. And I know Cassius Winston's not going to have – uh, you know, the bare minimum to reach double figures, 10 points, 
uh, in these games. And I know Xavier Tillman's going to be better. And there's just certain things that when you watch this team, you know, they're not going to shoot 12% from three. But um, it was a combination of things in this game, right? And we already talked about that, so I won't go into it all again. But Purdue just was confident at home. They stuck to what they knew how to do. And they came out and punched the Spartans in the face, like, from the get-go and just kind of rode that wave the rest of the way. So, um, I wouldn't go as far to say as a, it's a blueprint, but you're definitely right, Julian. There's cause for concern in that aspect because, again, we've harped on this literally 30 times this episode. If no one else is stepping up other than Cassius Winston, it's going to be tough for this team to do anything. It, You know, yeah, like you just said, it is it is concerning to see how bad of a loss that was, but I saw this more as like a gut punch or like a wake-up call for this third guy to be like, okay, we just lost really bad to Purdue in West Lafayette. This is not acceptable. And hopefully this was a bit of a wake-up call for someone like Aaron Henry, like we've been saying. But on the road, that's where toughness and character are developed. If you can play well on the road, you're obviously going to play well at home, and that's that's yeah, ask Purdue. that's a Big Ten champion right there. If you, if you yeah. know how to beat teams at their home arena on the road, that's... Those are the teams that are going to be successful throughout the tournament, be Big Ten champions, whatever it may be. I think Michigan State just needs to put this behind them, move forward. I guess it was just a bad day at the office, if that's what you want to call it. But Cassius won't have another game like this. Hopefully not. This was That was so not like him. Same with Xavier Tillman. I mean, it was just bad all around, and Purdue just played really well, and we just, Michigan State did not bottom line and like Izzo said to put it in short words we got our butt kicks today and this was probably the worst beating I've taken as a coach and it was bad but yeah bottom line they just need to keep grinding find that third player and just move on to the next one because you can't be looking back holding on to this loss Another wake-up call at Mackey for Michigan State. This time the final score is 71-42. And one thing to note, one of the first really true road games for Michigan State. since I mean, they had Northwestern on the road earlier in December, and then the only, only other one was a, a road matchup against Seton Hall that they squeaked a win out of. Uh, but clearly a, a wake-up call at Mackey Arena once again for Michigan State. Now, in our, our Purdue talk for this one, we'll move into our Twitter questions for this episode, again, you can send in your questions over Twitter using the hashtag #ImpactIsZone. I'll send out a tweet usually before we record, saying, "Hey, send in some questions." Uh, we got one question today coming from Ryan Cole. Shout out Ryan Cole. You used to, <laughs> you used to sit in this chair. He used to host Impact Zone. Hopefully, I'm doing a good job for him. Hopefully, he's listening. Shout out Ryan Cole. Um, but he asks, and we we all kind of touched on this with Purdue. But what's the next step? For Aaron Henry and Gabe Brown, what do they have to do for MSU to have success for the rest of the year? We all kind of said it. Trent, I'll let you go ahead and sum it up because I think you put it best. Yeah, just to reiterate, I just feel like one of those guys has to score 10 to 15 points for this team to be a a title contender, a Big Ten contender. It's just someone else has got to take the heat off. That's if Cassius Winston scores his typical 20 with 7 assists and Xavier Tillman gives his typical 15 with uh, 10 to 12 rebounds, if Gabe Brown or Aaron Henry is able to score from 10 to 15 points, anything else would be bonus, and this team could be really good. Exactly. You said it perfectly. They got to step up, got to score at least 10 to 15 points. I think that's exactly right, and then we'll see this team start to be successful at places on the road. But until they do that, I think we could struggle. Cassius isn't always going to carry this team. I think they know that, so... Hopefully we'll see someone emerge in the next few weeks, and hopefully that is Aaron Henry or Gabe Brown because that's 
they definitely have the potential to do so. There it is. And that's our Twitter question. I'm going to throw in an additional one just for just for fun. Just because we only it. had one today. Um, <laughs> so, as a fan, hi, hi guys. First time. Hey, hey. First time, long time. Welcome into know, the show. Whatever they say. Uh, I, I want to ask, following the Purdue loss, uh, you look at Michigan State, does this change your view of how good the Spartans, not how good the Spartans are, but how the Spartans will test in the Big Ten and you know, everyone thought they were head and shoulders better than every team in the conference. Does this change your outlook at the Spartans and especially at the Big Ten conference as a whole? Uh, it does not really change my uh, my uh, outlook simply because the Spartans are still atop the Big Ten and I don't see the Spartans losing to Wisconsin on Friday. I don't see the Spartans losing to Indiana at home or, excuse me, um, in Indiana, at Minnesota, you know, they might repeat. It's just it, – it, I don't see a team in this conference yet, maybe Maryland, but even Ohio State has struggled. Michigan's going to be – it's always going to be a good game. But I, I don't see a team in this conference right now that I can definitively say is better than Michigan State. And I think that because of that, with that being said, if Michigan State's just able to take care of business nine times out of ten, which, you know, with the one being a game like Purdue, uh, Michigan State will be absolutely fine. I'm not concerned. It's a, it's an off game. I, 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 Michigan State has the potential to go on another Final Four run again like they did last year. I just, like we've harped on again for the thousandth time, they need to find someone else to help lead this team. They need a solid three guys. And then I I don't think we should be worried. But I think the, the Purdue game, it was unfortunate. People were frustrated as was the team and Coach Izzo saying it was probably the most frustrating loss of his entire career, and he has coached a lot of games. So that's that's pretty strong coming from his mouth. But I, I'm i not worried. I think it was just a bad game, and I hope that they, the team just uses it as motivation at this point. They don't want another loss like that again. I know they were really embarrassed. So Exactly. will be interesting into the, the Big Ten as the race is really getting underway now. Once again, Spartan sitting at 5-1 and one in conference play following the, the loss to Purdue. Illinois right behind them at second place with a 4-2 and two conference record. And then Rutgers in the top three uh, tied with a bunch of other teams for that three spot with uh, at a 3-2 and two record. Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana, and Wisconsin all at 3-2. and two. With that being said, the Badgers make their way to the Breslin Center uh, on Friday, January 17th, home matchup, 7 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Uh, no no, no idea yet whether we ourselves on Impact are live or recorded, but uh, we will have an update for you before the game. Uh, it'll go out. If we're live, we'll be on 88.9 FM, so be sure to check it out. Um, either way, we'll have good content. Either way, we'll have good content. Check it out. Check the Twitter. Yeah. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, Spartans <laughs> played Wisconsin twice a season ago, once in the regular season, a win 67-59, and then in the semis of the Big Ten tournament, winning 67-55 in that one. A season ago, Wisconsin went 15-18, and 7-11 and 11 in the Big Ten and failed to reach the NCAA tournament. Uh, Ethan Happ is, is gone from this team, a Wisconsin and college basketball legend. As uh, far as the Badgers have it this year, they added Michael Potter, a transfer from Ohio State, who had to sit out a couple of games, made his debut against uh, Milwaukee, and it's been has been fantastic so far for Wisconsin. 11 points against Illinois. These are last two games, and then 24 against Penn State in 28 minutes of action. Uh, you look at the Badgers and what they love to do, they love to come into arenas, play bully ball, slow the game down, and like most teams in the Big Ten, they struggle to shoot it from the outside, so we'll look to bully it. On the inside, give it to guys like Nate Reavers down low and Michael Potter to let him go off and have, have a good game. So should be an interesting matchup, a rebound for Michigan State to try and get a win after the loss to Purdue, returning home to the friendly confines, which 
as we we keep saying, it's going to be tough to win road games in the Big Ten, and Wisconsin will hope, we'll see if they can pull one off uh, in the Breslin Center. Yeah, I got to shout out my cousin Max. It was his birthday on the uh, Sunday. Hey, shout out he's Max. A, he's, a big Michi- Happy he's, birthday. A, he's a big Michigan State fan, so of course he wanted Michigan State to win, and they got waxed by Purdue <laughs> on his birthday. So his response to me was, I feel bad for Wisconsin because they will be victims. Uh, I definitely think that Michigan State wins and wins big. Michigan State uh, shuts all the um, criticism up before it can even really get started. And I think that, uh, you know, I guess my biggest concern with Wisconsin is um, they, they don't pass the ball very well. You know, their assist leader on the season is Demetric Trice with three. So um, I think if you're just able to jump passing lanes, if you're just able to make uh, Wisconsin create by themselves and not play as much of a team offense, Michigan State should be very comfortable in this game. I think this will be sort of their revenge game. Like you said, before all the criticism builds up, they're just going to take it out as soon as possible. Um, I guess a big thing for Wisconsin, they beat Ohio State a few weeks ago in Columbus, but Ohio State Seems has Seems like everybody's been struggling. beating Ohio State. I know, right. So I think – like you said, I think this will be a revenge game for them. I think Purdue just happened to be a bad game, and Purdue just played really, really well. So credit to Matt Painter and his team. But I think Michigan State will do well. And like I said earlier, Breslin's hard to play in on the road. Any Big Ten arena is hard to play in pretty much on the road. So I think the Badgers are going to struggle, and Michigan State, I think, will win big. Will be a, a good matchup in the Fresno Center. Michigan State looking to rebound. Wisconsin looking to steal one uh, from Michigan State. Uh, little updates before we get out of here. Wisconsin received 19 votes in the AP, the latest AP poll, and the Spartans are sitting at 15 in the AP poll. We'll set up a good matchup for Friday. Once again, Friday, 7 p.m. at the Breslin Center. Catch it on Fox Sports 1 on TV or live on our radio, 88.9 FM. Stay tuned for updates. We'll have content and more coming from the Breslin Center Friday night. And this has been it. Season 7, Episode 4 of Impact is on. Uh, Big Ten play is underway. The season is underway. We'll be here every week, so make sure you stay tuned. Keep it locked. More episodes on the way. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. And I don't think we said it in the last (laughs) one, so make sure we get it out now. And it's going to be a great basketball season. Thanks for listening.